0: Welcome to Radio KAL, the Superman podcast brought to you by supermanhomepage.com. This is show number 53, released on May 27th, 2009. My name is Steve Yunus, and joining me, as always, is Neil Bailey. Hey, everybody. Happy summer, or winter in your case, right? That's right. It is winter here in Australia. Nice. Yeah, not really. (laughs)
1: <laughs> I'd, I'd I'd go for the cold. I'm I'm a uh, geek who lives in the basement. Kind of enjoy the freezing
0: kind of things. So. Okay. Well, yeah. yeah I prefer a bit bit warmer <laughs> weather. Not not exactly hot, but uh, yeah, not where you have to you know rug up too much. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's get into our discussions. Uh, first off, let's obviously talk about the season eight finale of Smallville.
1: Ah uh, yes, yes. What okay, did you think?
0: Well, well, I actually haven't seen it as we record this because you know in Australia we don't get. Uh, the episodes the same time as you guys do in America or even in Canada but um, I'm waiting uh, the episode to arrive at my doorstep uh, shortly Um, so I can't really comment but I've obviously watched uh, or read your and Doug Trumbull's reviews and uh, it seems that everyone's a bit um, uh, underwhelmed
1: yeah, well, if you saw that director's cut video that showed the uh, Doomsday fight, that's basically the entire Doomsday fight right there. Um, they blime. have maybe, yeah, maybe a two-second flight into space, kind of, and then just boom, it's exploding. And uh, they did this—I uh, don't know—I I, I guess I have to spoil you, but uh, they did this cheap bit where uh, Jimmy was essentially uh, mm-hmm. revealed to be henry james olsen and not the real jimmy olsen it's like oh hey let's get uh, half invested for three years and then just pull out so um a lot of the comments that i've been reading from letters are actually about right there were there were um quite a number of uh storylines that just kind of fell flat and there were no cliffhangers to speak of um a lot of it was just it it was lackluster at best and i think a lot of people nailed it um I I don't know. I really wanted to like it. I hope. I think that the Doomsday effect is probably my favorite um, thing they've done in the series so far. They pulled it off so incredibly well, and it looked just like him. And then when the time came for the fight, they just kind of crapped out, and it. Ugh, it's just antagonizing.
0: Yeah. Well, it seems kind of a. Uh, I don't know how you put it. A slap in the face for one leading up to you know, or the whole season's been leading up to Doomsday, you know, this big fight that everyone's been anticipating, and then, like you said, it lasts, what, two minutes on screen, and seems to be a bit of an anti-climax, and I think that's probably been the number one disappointment, um, just edging out the Jimmy Olsen fake
1: yeah, that was oh, and it, and that was really, really bad. It's not only bad storytelling, but it's kind of a slap in the face for anybody who cared about the character. I couldn't bring myself to care care about the character, not because of the bad acting. It was a good actor. Um, but more because of the way it was just, oh, he was just always written up and down and up and down. But um just to pass the buck like that and to say, Oh yeah, well, here's how we get out of this plot hole, you know. And and it's not really You know it's not them trying to make continuity work. It's that they didn't have any more stories for Jimmy, because if they were trying to make continuity work, there are many, 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 many things that they would address first. They don't give a crap about the continuity um it was just because they didn't have any room for ashmore anymore and because they probably had been flailing their limbs with them for three years and getting nowhere and that's just frustrating because as a writer i sit there and saying to myself man i'd like to knuckle into that and make that better and their response is just well let's kick them out we got another hot chick we can add to the mix and i'll bet you they ad- uh, announce a new uh cast member that's female, in the
0: next couple of weeks. That would be my guess. Um, well, actually, it, maybe I, I'm wrong. I wouldn't be surprised if they named a, a new hot uh, male cast member. Yeah, or that. There that you they go. They've got uh, the show supposedly aimed at uh, young females from you know, aged 18 to 25 or whatever. There you is go. Demographic. So. Um, but, yeah, I, I heard that uh, the whole Jimmy Olsen thing was because um, they got a bit of heat from the powers that be telling them that, you know, they needed to align the mythos of Jimmy Olsen (laughs) to what what is, you know, in the comics uh, and in the movies that, you know, he can't be the same age as the other characters. So, um, you know, that was one uh, angle I heard. Yeah, you know, and uh, it, it, to me, I
1: there would be like, oh God, what would I address first? I'd probably go for the <laughs> glasses number one. What would what else would we Nying. have? Uh, there's the whole uh, meeting every main character before he actually puts on the suit, <laughs> including revealing his powers to the parasite. You know, it's like, hey, Clark Kent reporter, I'm the parasite, you know.
0: Yeah, uh, there, there are quite a few issues obviously regarding um, continuity and how it fits in with the yeah. you know no whether it's comic books whether it's movies whether it's any of the 70 years of history of superman uh there are yeah. a few issues in regards to smallville not uh aligning itself with those um standards but um you know sure they they can do their own thing no one's saying that they have to <laughs> you know yeah. stick with the comics or stick with the movies they can be their own well, thing but the problem is with the the secret identity that's my main issue
1: Here here you go. Here's another good prime example. Oh, no, 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 we can't have Jimmy being older than Clark, but Lex Luthor dead? Hey, why not? You know?
0: Yeah, well, uh, that's debatable, too. Is Lex dead?
1: Uh, Yeah, well, pretty... I don't know. I mean, the truck he was in blew up, and it showed him looking at the explosion. In the same sense that Chloe was dead at the end of Season 3, it's like they would really, really, really have to pull it out and have him be a clone or something to not make it be him dead
0: I guess but well, who knows also, there's also the Lana Lang issue but we won't go there because we don't want yeah, to yeah. have a, you know, a conniption that's right we only got a half an hour <laughs> alright well uh, just to touch on Smallville once more we've got the show obviously moving into season 9 starting sometime in September we're led to believe but the big news is that it's moving to Friday nights in America
1: yes the death mill for any show apparently
0: yeah well they're saying that okay Fridays has been a week night of the week for TV viewing but Smoville has such a strong following that they're expecting uh, that they will all move across to the Friday night <laughs> and watch the show regardless
1: I I hope so but if if by strong following they mean consistently fifth place in the ratings you know I mean it's got a lot of ratings for the CW but uh, in, in terms of the other competition—it's just been lagging and lagging. I don't know if you saw the premiere numbers or the finale numbers, but it was just yeah. looking pretty bad. Yeah, well, um, saying
0: that the this is the the lowest rating finale for Smallville since the show began.
1: Yeah, and and one of the lowest rated shows if I were re- if I was reading it right um, in the show's history, which is kind of like ah okay, um, but I don't know. I I do wish it well. I don't want it to die. <laughs> I mean, I want it to hopefully write itself and get better. Um, I mean, I've kind of stepped back from the show. The Jimmy Olsen thing was kind of what snapped it for me, but uh, at the same time, I still do wish it to get better, and I still do have optimism. There are little br- moments of brilliance that even still happen, like uh, with Doomsday, where you kind of think, oh, hey, maybe this this could do something. And, of course, it's kind of stopped doing that. But, yeah, well, I don't it's... know, I, I bet you Friday kills it. I, that would be my prediction. But well, then again, I predicted that, like, six times. <laughs> so.
0: Well, that's the thing. We need to find out. Uh, I, I just hope that the writers get to find out before the end of the season, and before they start looking at the season finale for season nine, whether or not the show will continue on for a tenth season, um, so that they can write a series finale without... and lead up to a series finale without rushing it.
1: Yeah, because, I mean, it... it... If you notice the um, the way that they kind of had no cliffhangers, I think maybe they were kind of planning for that to a degree. And I don't know. I just I think that if they don't get a little lead time, we could end up with another Lois and Clark situation, which disappointed a lot of people. Yeah, definitely. Um, I wasn't I wasn't actually watching for that final season, but uh, myself. But the uh, from what I hear, it was just absolutely abysmally sad to leave on that note.
0: Yep, a baby in the basket at the front door, and that's all we heard.
1: Yeah. That so, that would
0: stink. Yeah, we don't want anything like that for Smallville. Let's hope that it gets to finish on a fine note. I agree. Okay, well let's move into uh movie talk. Now well we haven't got any uh actual information or news in regards to a Superman movie on the big screen. We do have a director DVD movie coming out, uh called Superman Batman Public Enemies. Now we've discussed it uh briefly in, in past Radio KL episodes But uh, a teaser trailer was released on imdb.com this month and was soon pulled down by Warner Brothers, who said, look, it wasn't supposed to be released. It's a leak. Um, I don't know where uh, IMDb got it from, uh, but supposedly a proper and completed teaser trailer will be forthcoming on a major entertainment website.
1: Nice. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing what what it could... uh... What it could achieve. I, I think if they, they... they they The the elements of the story are so kind of generalized that they probably don't even have to truncate it too much. It's not going to be like the death of Superman where they actually have to write around the fact that it was mired in continuity a little bit. I think it could be really, really good if they uh, have a good battle royale.
0: Yeah, well, uh, did you see Catch the Teaser trailer before it got pulled?
1: Yeah, I did. I, I thought that the... Uh, didn't they increase the number of villains in the scenes where they're fighting outside of the uh, White House?
0: Well, there was a, a, a number of villains spotted in a, a quick um, pan across. Uh, there was a, a number of villains, but uh, I was most impressed with the animation and the artistic style, looking like Ed McGuinness's style to a degree, um, and it, it just seemed to work in in the you know in an animated style.
1: Yeah, it lends itself to it pretty well, especially you know with the uh, with the way it kind of is exaggerated already to begin with. It just kind of pushes itself right into that animated feel which is part of you know why we liked his work for the most part that and the kind of the way it was unique in rendering every character
0: yeah well i think most people that didn't like ed mcginnis's style were complaining that superman looked too um stunted bulky uh i don't know what the word you would use is but um they seemed well, to everybody... streamline that <laughs> in the in the animation
1: yeah every, everybody ed mcginnis does looks like he's been pumping iron for about 80 years but it's uh it's kind of half, you know, because there's exaggerated characters, but it's also uh, every every character is kind of consistent. At least it'd be different if some of them were scrawny yeah. and then Superman was like. Rawr! I eat eggs for breakfast, but everybody, even like Luthor, if you look at, like, the one page that I have uh, of original art from the Superman-Batman run, and I'm very pleased with it, is the one where Luthor is juicing up on the Venom, and uh, he just looks, he looks like he's been pumping iron and uh, he must be lifting those physics texts that he's reading, you know, because he just looks like, <laughs> he's like, Argh! looks like, uh, like Thor, I don't know.
0: Yeah, well, uh, a lot of the characters from the brief Look that we did get on that uh, teaser trailer seemed to be uh, more proportionately uh, de- uh, created, designed. Uh, so it uh, it bodes well. It looks like a, a, a well done animation, and hopefully, uh, the teaser trailer when it is released will give us a bit of a bit more of a look of what the movie might be like. Yeah, I can't wait to see it. Okay, well, uh, that's all we've got from the movie segment uh, in regards to movie news. So. Uh, but there's lots happening in the comic book world. Uh, obviously, yeah. the world of New Krypton, or as we like to call it, Wonk, is Wonk. Uh, moving along nicely. What are your impressions so far?
1: It's it's probably my favorite title this year. The whole um, the the way that uh, Superman is forced to use his mind instead of his powers pretty repeatedly, and it's it, it plays really well. I also like the idea of examining uh, the labor guild because that's just that's that's a thinly veiled metaphor for what's going on in real life. It's also showing how kind of the uh, the working class looks at the uh, at the military class. It's also, it, there are a lot of socio-political issues that it's raising kind of succinctly and, and not in a preachy kind of way.
0: Yeah, no, I've been impressed. I thought that whole uh, Labor Guild incident with the, you know, people being held hostage and Superman, you know, asking Zod to give him a chance to, you know, resolve it peacefully it it was very well done it showed superman in in the light you know separate what separates him from being a kryptonian with superpowers compared to everybody else on the on the planet of new krypton who also have superpowers and why superman is so unique and so special and yeah. uh it was um great to see the reaction also of the crowd of say some of his um uh, red shard is i think that's what they're called his his unit and how they looked up to him and were inspired by his actions.
1: I I really dug the Thought Beast scene actually that was the one that was kind of creepy and weird and cool to me it was a good way to bring back a kind of Silver Age idea in a way that makes it character-relative. I thought that was cool.
0: Yeah so um, World of New Krypton is moving along nicely and the other titles seem to be doing okay as well. Um, There's lots Going on in regards to uh, Chris Kent and uh, Thara, and um, you know, with Ursa and the whole, you know, General Lane looking at them and, and and trying to examine what's going on there, and it seems to be a lot of intrigue and a lot of spy stuff going on.
1: Yeah, it's I, I like the whole. Um, they, they they kind of touched on the family aspect again with Lois and and uh, Chris coming home and 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 coming to his mother and not knowing what to do. Um, I also like the uh, the way that, that uh, James Robinson seems to kind of be subtly setting up a bunch of things. I hope he goes somewhere <laughs> with them eventually, because he's been doing introduction issues like after introduction issues, but they're all interesting concepts, save maybe Atlas, I don't know. But uh, the, the the concepts of mon and the Science Police, it all sounds really good.
0: Yeah, and then we've got the whole, you know, with the Science Police, like you said, with uh... Uh, mon and he got the Atlas whether or not John Henry Irons knows who Atlas is or you know what's the intrigue there in regards to whether he's going to be letting him in on any secrets and yeah there's a bit of interest going on there that seems to be the slower of the stories though
1: yeah I, I bet you it'll eventually pick up but uh, it seems like uh, like he really writes for the long term and um kind of and usually that's the kind of writing i like the best but the uh, the way superman arcs have tended to go they tend to end really quickly and uh i i hope he doesn't set up a bunch of stuff and never really get to go anywhere with it um because they all seem pretty promising
0: okay and then in supergirl we've got uh lucy lane being revealed as superwoman and uh, uh, all yeah. that entails
1: poor clark or what was the name of oh gosh uh Sam! Poor little Sam! (laughs) What's she going to do with her son Sam? Um, no, I'm getting the picture that this is kind of a clean break from the old continuity. Um, poor poor Ron. (laughs) You know? For for those of you who haven't been reading Superman forever and don't have like about 50 gray hairs on each follicle of your head like me, Ron and Ron Troop, um, who is a reporter at the Daily Planet, actually had a romance with Lucy, and Sam Lane's kind of bigotry-slash-racism was exposed, and they had a son named Sam. Uh, then, I'm guessing, with Infinite Crisis, this kind of all got retconned away, and now she's working for her father, which is kind of strange. Um, but yeah, it, it, it didn't come as a shock to me. I kind of called it a while back, but uh, it's still it, it, it's a good dynamic because it shows the kind of twisted relationship sam lane has with his daughters i think
0: yeah well it while it answered the question who is superwoman it it poses a whole slew of new questions in regards to um why is she superwoman how is she all-powerful why does she seem to have kryptonian you know powers and and um physiology uh you know at us it really poses a whole new set of questions doesn't it
1: Yeah, did you read the uh, issue that came out last week? Yes, Supergirl number 41, I think it was. Uh, I think it was part 5 or whatever, with what happened to Lucy. Uh, Spoiler alert, folks, cover ears for 10 seconds, I guess. Uh, But uh, yeah, they actually seemed to kill Lucy Lane, which seemed like uh, kind of a bold move to me. I don't know. I I, uh, get the feeling that it was um, kind of from the start the plan, but nonetheless, you're just sitting there like, ah, ugh. Did they just kill Lucy you know what do you think
0: yeah it's it's like I said it poses a whole uh, stack of new questions and um you know was she behind uh the death of um zorrel uh was she part of it you know she did she save reactor on you know there's just a lot of stuff going on there,
1: yeah, it's pretty cool,
0: yeah, so there's a lot of intrigue going on there and um you know supergirl is once again a, a book that's uh, well worth reading
1: yeah at long last it needed to be
0: okay well we've talked superman we've talked supergirl Superboy. oh yes we're
1: going through the whole family we'll end up at the super Baby before the end of the show
0: <laughs> well connor kent is back yes through a you kind of,
1: it? of it's kind of a cliched weird way to bring him back but i just don't care because i'm so glad he's back actually we've been needing a Superboy. i, I was so worried they were going to go with the Superman was always Superboy angle, and I, I'm i glad that they didn't. I'm glad that Infinite Crisis didn't change that. Um, and, yeah, it's, it's kind of neat. I wonder what they'll do with it. Uh, I was hoping to see him as a Black Lantern, unfortunately. that's. Uh, I, but then again, I don't know what the properties of Black Lanterns will be or whether these people will come back. Um, but it, it'll be interesting to see him react with other characters um, once he's been dead for a while. And and the idea of Superboy with the Legion in, in the... Uh, in the 31st century is something that they really hinted at a lot of times over the last decade and never really got into. And I think that it's cool that they're finally going to.
0: Yeah, well, for those who don't know where he returned, it was in issue four of uh, Final Crisis Legion of Three Worlds, and he was brought back to battle Superboy Prime or Superman Prime or whatever he's going by now. But, um, yeah, yeah, that was uh, an interesting development, uh, Brainiac 5 uh managed to bring him back using a dna sample of lex luthor and superman and and recreated uh connor with i guess all his memories i don't know how that works but um uh, yeah who understands kryptonian t- technology and brainiacs technology kind of weird to have him uh, bring him back in the uh,
1: in such an ancillary kind of series because it, it's not really a superman series it's not really that vocal but um and it kind of snuck up on people, because it's one of those books that uh, was delayed so often that yeah. a lot of people tend to drop it. But uh, nonetheless, it's out there, and I'll bet yeah, it's impacting the other books pretty soon, or at least I hope it does.
0: Yeah, well, he'll appear in Adventure Comics number 1, which uh, is out in uh, the not-too-distant future, so keep an eye out for that if you're a Superboy fan. Nice. Okay, well, from Good Comics two not-so-good comics. Um, Trinity is finally, finally, <laughs> finally coming to a close. We've got yeah. issue number 52 just around the corner, probably about the same time uh, as you may be listening to this. Um, so it's been a long year and uh, somewhat painful.
1: Yeah. Oh, man, I tell you, I, I, uh, when I agreed to uh, review one of every four issues of 52, that was kind of an endeavor. But at least it was rewarding because most of the issues were pretty darn cool. And then uh, I did one of every four of Countdown, and I uh, I said to myself, oh, this is agony. Because it was. It really was. It was just a terrible, terrible ser- series. And then they, they, they do another one with Kurt Busiek. And I don't know what guided my motives. I was sitting there thinking, man, I've been really hard on his run. Maybe I should give him a fair shake and try again. And, and I did, and I was, just, I was just stupid. I should have walked away. Because... <laughs> uh, it was it was just one long piece of extrapolatory nonsense, and 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 I mean like from the first one to the second one, it was Deus Ex Machina after Deus Ex Machina with extrapolation through dialogue and names in dialogue and all of the things, all of the conventions that comic books have forgotten for a reason. Um, I just I I, and I think the funny thing about it is I, I keep reading on the internet to get uh, to make sure that I'm not insane. Um, you know other reviewers, and one of the things that uh, I always see in the comments of the other reviewers is uh, the the phrase, "Well, you know, I know it kind of sucks and all, and I know there's a lot of stuff that doesn't really work, but I'm still enjoying it nonetheless." And and <laughs> I, I I I've never understood that, and that attitude is the reason why stuff like this is allowed to continue. Is because there's no demand for really great storytelling. There's just these people who are like, "Oh, Superman and Batman and the Crime Syndicate and and Crona." I know these things you know and so they climb out of the dungeon once a week and they go to the comic book store and they buy it um i don't know i i i had high hopes for this series i i i started it off on a positive note and then it just degenerated and from the from the beginning to the end
0: it never seemed to have a direction um i don't know yeah i i go ahead ahead. i was just gonna say i I was the same like it's supposed to be an examination of where Superman, Wonder Woman, and Batman fit into the DC Universe and how important they are. And while tangentially that was the case in Trinity, it's not the way we. Uh, I think it just kind of threw everybody for a loop. You know, it was a, a massive curveball. Um, you know, showing how important they are by removing them. I mean, that doesn't seem to me the kind of story I wanted to read. I wanted to read about them and how they interact with the DC Universe and why. You know, their presence is important, not while their non-presence is important. Does yeah, that make well, sense? The, and it does, it does, and the way that people are looking at the book, it's
1: like it's gone from like Trinity, where it was like it wasn't like, oh, hey, we're doing this accomplishment of one book a week, even though that was mentioned. It was more like, well, this story isn't going to stand up to snuff because of the fact that there are fifty-two weeks, you know, and they're never they're never going to be able to plot it out right, and the, the the book consistently defied them. And with Countdown and Trinity both, the emphasis seems to be more on, oh, well, we need to laud these people because they put a book out a week for 52 weeks. And that's like saying, you know, like, because the New York Times comes out every day, we have to admire the fact that uh, that it comes out every day and it, 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 with the quality of the editorials notwithstanding. I do think it's a heck of an accomplishment and I'm amazed that Mark that 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 uh, yeah that that Mark Bagley hasn't dropped dead <laughs> or or Art Thibbert, or or um Tom Derenick, or Scott Daniels and Andy um, Owens. Andy Owens yep. yeah and and um it's just it it it's a remarkable achievement and yet at the same time it's a colossal failure, um, and and I hate saying that. It just it just is though. I haven't met a single person who's like, yeah, Trinity it's changed my life, you know. Um, but I can honestly say that Fifty Two did change the way that I looked at comics, and I think that it's just a matter of maybe I don't know. Maybe it's because there's only one major writer, um, or maybe one or two, and it was like three on Countdown or something like that, and then yet yet Fifty Two seems such seem to be such a mapped out, coherent unit kind of thing. But all in all, um, I hope it doesn't kill the weekly comic because it's a good concept when executed properly.
0: Yeah, well, it doesn't seem to have uh, because Wednesday comics are about to uh, take the weekly uh, position with uh, and an, uh, what's the word? An inventive idea, I guess. Um, looking at comics, looking at comics as a comic strip rather than uh, as a you know a full on book so uh it should be in- interesting there's a few superman um comic strips in that and uh, i'm looking forward to it
1: yeah i i am too i hope it turns out well i'm i'm worried that because they only seem to have like one strip a piece that it won't be much for anything beyond novelty but uh i'm willing to give it a fair shot especially if it's got an ongoing narrative i mean comic strips are what got me into comics in the first place so
0: yeah well, i wouldn't mind it if they were just self-contained stories that told a good you know story in uh, in itself and you know it didn't have to be something that um you needed to pick up every issue if you didn't want to it would be you know I think it would be pretty cool if it was something that uh people could just pick up um just because they felt like reading a comic book without having to invest 52 weeks into a story
1: yeah it'd be a good narrative challenge i i, I know that much because i mean i've written eight page short stories like for uh, bizarre new world and uh other comic books and these the eight page format almost is too much to to? It's impossible to cram it into those eight pages. So the talent, it must take to cram it all into one page and have it be coherent. If they can do that, it could be something else.
0: Yeah, it could be quite an interesting um, experiment. So looking forward to Wednesday comics and the end of Trinity. Yes, please. Oh, okay. Well, before we uh, move into the big question segment of the show, I wanted to touch on the Superman celebration in Metropolis, Illinois. It's uh, just around the corner. It kicks off. June 11th till June 14th, 11, 12, 13, 14, Yep, yeah, four days. The Superman Celebration in Metropolis, Illinois. While Neil and I won't be there this year, we were there in 2008, uh, the Superman homepage will be covering the Superman Celebration. We have um, our own Clark Kent and Lois Lane attending uh, the celebration in the form of uh, Jamie Kelly and his uh, fiancée, Ronda, And um, they will be doing uh, quite a bit of coverage for the Superman homepage, so uh stand by it's going to be an interesting um, uh, coverage from from those guys,
1: yeah, Jamie and Rhonda are so rad I tell you i i did we did those videos last year, and uh <laughs> jamie Jamie was such a good sport about the little arrogant goofing around like like uh you know like we did the dueling reporters thing and and uh, I threatened to expose the Superman secret that was that was. Bloody fun, I tell you i I wish I could go this year because it is a solid blast i 'm going to save every penny I possibly can to go next year because i 'm going to miss it. I really am it 's breaking my heart but uh it's it's bloody great guys you guys gotta go see it um it, it it's enough to make you forget the heat i mean i was sitting there like i was just talking at the beginning of the program how i'm a how i'm a cold basement person i was able to walk around in a hundred degree heat because i was having a good time darn it everything was you go from one place to another and you're meeting ned baby and you're and you're watching superman the movie and with all these people who know it
0: and it's
1: just great
0: yeah well uh they see the special guests attending Uh, obviously Noelle Neal, the First Lady of Metropolis Uh, she'll be there again this year and they've got uh, Justin Hartley who plays Green Arrow, Oliver Queen on Smallville and Phil Morris who plays the Martian Manhunter John Jones on Smallville and uh, also voices some characters from various animated series so uh, Beverly Washburn I think is the other one who was little girl in the Adventures of Superman TV series Uh, I think it was Superman and the Mole Men that she was uh, in and um yeah it's uh always fun it's there's always lots to do the superman museum is awesome and get your photo in front of the 15 foot superman statue there's the auction dinner there's uh oh you know costume contests there's all kinds of things going on a baseball game um it's it's fantastic we had a great time last year and i'm like you i'm gonna really miss being there again this year yeah,
1: I, I I tell you, I'm really regretful, but I, I know I'll be back again. So, yeah, but I've got uh, that.
0: I'm sure Jamie and Rhonda will do a great job for the Superman home. Oh yeah, gonna do fantastic. Uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing their coverage, especially because they're going to be doing it as Clark and Lois. So that'll be that'll be an interesting uh, interesting look at that. So, um, uh, looking forward to the Superman celebration for 2009.
2: Yeah. Let's start with the big question.
0: Okay, the big question. Last month we asked, why did you stop reading Superman comics if you're not reading them anymore, and what would it take for you to start picking them up again? Well, it seems that uh, everybody who listens to this show is a comic book fan, because we only got one response to the big question, and Neil, do you want to read out who that was?
1: Sure, yeah, we got one from Calvin Bose who wrote, I only read trade paper packs of back issues and don't read many new titles simply because mainly because of money. The problem I find with both Marvel and DC titles is if you're a fan of any hero, no matter who, you can't just pick up one title to get clear, concise stories. You need to get other titles or even books you are not interested in just to follow the story. So it may cost you five dollars a month, now costs seventy dollars just to follow the story. So you can just pick up a random comic without being lost. Not new reader friendly. Yeah, I I totally identify with that. That's one of the reasons why people are turning to internet piracy, which I think is a horrible horrible practice that no one should engage in.
0: <clears throat> yeah, well, I I tend to agree. I think it's um it is hard if uh for you know monetary reasons to pick up every Superman issue, especially when um you know you've got to pick up uh various titles to get the full story if that's um what you want to do and that's the way they're written, but um yeah, it can be be pretty expensive, um, especially if you don't go week to week, and you go say out, uh, you know, every two weeks or every three weeks, and all of a sudden your comic books are up, you know, eighty to a hundred to one hundred and fifty dollars, depending on how many titles you buy. Uh, that can be a fair chunk of cash to to you know get out of your wallet for uh, just comic books. So trade paperbacks are a great option if you're you want to get into comic books, but you don't know where to start buying individual issues uh trade paperbacks are a great way to uh to get into comic book reading and to you know pick and choose what you want because they usually are pretty well self-contained stories within that one trade paperback.
1: Yeah, and and the alternative internet piracy is for those people who like fast cars and women of ill repute. It's it's one of those things, you know, like like why I put out a comic just last month, a Michelle Obama comic, and I found illegal copies online. And I could have been happy that other people got to see this art that I created, but instead
0: I was angry and furious and litigious, and I think that's the way it should be. <clears throat> well, personally, having read some uh, online comics, I, I don't enjoy reading comics on, the, like, on screen as much as I yeah. do as having the paper in my hand and being able to sit away from my desk, you know, being able to sit out in the sun or you know, sit in a comfortable chair and, and read a comic book uh, at your own leisure. That's the biggest problem,
1: and I think that's the biggest leap they've got to make before it's legitimized, is they've got to take the, uh, it, it, there's even color issues. Like, uh, people will say, oh, well, this is not the way that I colored it. People who don't mind digital copies online, for instance. Hmm. But uh, it, it eventually, it, it will get to the point of where, I, like, um, for instance, I know a guy named Beale. Um, and Beale actually has been reading comics online for a little while and and, and, and it wears on the eyes and, and you can't see, like for instance a good example um, is if you have a double page splash. One thing that uh, reading a digital copy, a licensed digital copy of course, will um, do for you, it, it, you won't be able to get that full sense of depth that you've got when you spread a full comic out. But, um, and, and I know I'm going tangential here, but the point being, um, it, it's one of those things that could potentially solve this issue for people. Um, if people do want to read more comic books and need a little stepping stone to get in, um, if they created a good digital medium, we might get there.
0: Uh, it would have to have a motion comic, like have to have sound and motion with it for me to read it online.
1: Yeah, yeah, and and I think they're going to actually go there. I think it's going to become, like, like, I think Marvel was... Uh, going towards that, doing a little bit of motion comics or, or um, commissioning that kind of thing. I think it could get really cool where there were interactive elements. Strong Bad does that well.
0: Hmm. Okay, well, that's the big question. It's the only response we got for the big question from last month's show. And understandable, if people are reading comics, uh, then they're reading them, so they did not have to answer that question. But yeah. new big question for this month. Uh, the new big question is, what did you think of the season 8 finale
1: of Smallville? What's the verdict?
0: Yeah. If you have an answer to that question, let us know by clicking on the big question button found at the Superman homepage and send your entry in as a typed message, which we will read out, or you can record your voice as an MP3, and we'll play that in the next Radio KAL episode. So get involved and let us know what you thought of the Season 8 finale of Smallville. Yay! Bailey's Bookshelf. Go, Bailey! Here's Michael Bailey with a review of another Superman trade
3: paperback. Hey everybody, welcome back to Bailey's Bookshelf, the feature here on Radio KAL where I walk over to the bookcase, pick out a Superman trader hardcover to discuss, and tell you why you just gots to own it. This month I have chosen Superman in the 80s, which was originally published in 2006 and as the name suggests, it reprints a bunch of stories from the 1980s. This was part of an overall Superman in the series, which also included the 40s, 50s, 60s, and 70s. In case you were curious, Batman also had one of these Uh, series of trades there is no sign of superman in the 90s yet but i hold out hope and i'm sure others do as well this book was a little different from the others in its series though and i think that has to do with every decade of superman's history having kind of a, a certain feel to it Most of the stories in the 40s kind of had a World War II flavor to them. The 50s were Wayne Boring and the seeds of the Silver Age being planted. The 60s was about fun stories where the Superman family became important. Uh, The 70s were about developing Superman and his cast as characters and giving them more in terms of emotional conflict. The 80s, though, the 80s were about change, and you really can't get around that. Man of Steel happened in 1986, so right there in the middle of the decade, there is a line of demarcation, and this trade really reflects that. Uh, The first part, you have the miraculous return of Jonathan Kent and the secret world of Jonathan Kent, a two-parter written by Carrie Bates with pencils by Kurt Swan, where Jonathan Kent is granted a wish by aliens to see what his boy was like all grown up. There is If Superman Didn't Exist from Action Comics number 554, which was written by Marv Wolfman and drawn by Gil Kane. This is kind of a what-if story on a world where Superman isn't around and two little boys have to create him because of an alien invasion. The Day the Earth Died. This is a very, very 80s story, mainly because it deals with Superman contemplating what would happen in the event of a nuclear holocaust? And you also have Where No Superman Has Gone Before from DC Comics Presents, where Len Ween and Jim Starlin team Superman up with the Spectre on kind of an emotional roller coaster of sorts. Then you get into the post crisis Superman stories with Homeward Bound by Marv Wolfman and Jerry Ordway, where Superman deals with feeling overwhelmed by both identities. There is The Ghost of Superman by John Byrne, from Action Comics number 595, where we first get our look at The Silver man she. There are two stories from Action Comics 600, Lois Lane and Games People Play, where you see more of the intrepid reporter and a peek inside the animosity between Lex Luthor and Maggie Sawyer. And finally, you have Doppelganger by Roger Stern and George Perez, where you see the character that would eventually become the Matrix Supergirl and Superman having it out because the Matrix creature actually believes itself to be Superman. All of these are really great stories, and the cover to this collection is rather awesome as well. It has an image of Superman landing from the splash page of Byrne's Superman number 4 and with covers from the 80s in the background. It also has an introduction by Jerry Ordway, who better to talk about Superman in the 80s than a man that was there for half of it. All in all, a really neat little collection to have. I cannot recommend it enough. And that will do it for this month, y'all. Thanks again for listening. Just a quick note before I leave. I am the co-host of the new podcast here on the Superman homepage called From Crisis to Crisis, a Superman podcast. Uh, Jeffrey Taylor, who does reviews for the Superman Animated series and also handles the caption contest, and I sit down every week to talk about a month in the life of the post-crisis Superman. So check that out on Thursdays when those episodes drop. And now back to Steven Neal.
1: Dr.
4: Anderson takes a trip.
1: Oh, I do so love field chips, you know? It's also very exciting, with the sun and the walking and the ground to walk upon and the air to breathe and whatnot. But
4: you can get those things anywhere.
1: Negatory, Miss Natasha. Negatory, I say. For this is... Outside.
4: Lex reaches a turning point.
2: I am. Well, I'm ashamed of my actions, Hades. I am awash in guilt. Pushing that boulder for another 5,000 years isn't going to bring back the people that died, repair the lives that were ruined, or I imagine ease your guilt today, is it? No, but it's only fair. It's the punishment you decreed, and it is just. It remains my only penance.
4: And Superman's patience has worn out.
1: Please be sure your seatbelt is fastened, officer. This will only take a moment.
2: Wait. Do you hear something? I don't... know. Dr. electron!
1: Oh, no, 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 no. We are not going
4: through
2: this again. These people are trapped here on the freeway. You're irradiating them all right now!
4: New developments surface in Superman, The Last Son of Krypton, issue 53. On May 27, 2009, at PendantAudio.com. The hunt for Ajax continues.
2: Did you check under the couch?
4: It's not a laughing matter, Metalbutt. The last time that thing went for a stroll, it almost killed two people. Who knows what'll happen if we don't find it and stop it. Stop
2: it, huh? Does it, uh, gotta be in one piece afterward?
4: (gasps) Dr. Kelvin! We need to talk to you. My, my. The illustrious Supergirl. Because your little prank is putting the whole city at risk. A prank? crashing cars and statues, that might be worth calling a prank. This is much, much more. Tune in to Supergirl, Lost Daughter of Krypton, issue 25. Coming May 27th at PendantAudio.com. Only one thing alive
2: with less than four legs can hear this frequency, Superman, and that's you.
0: Super Secret Soundbite Time. Good deal. Last, last uh, month you had one from the fifth season, right? That's right. The fifth season of Smallville was the episode titled Vengeance that we got a sound from. And only four people guessed it correctly. Who are they, Neil?
1: Uh, we got Nelda Mormon, Adrian Suarez, Guthrie McLean, and Lance Zierlein. That's a cool last name.
0: <laughs> Congratulations to those four people. And here's this month's new sound from an episode of Smallville. Chloe Very
4: breathing in
0: here. So if you think you know which sound sorry which episode of Smallville that sound came from, send your entry into the Super Secret Soundbite competition, and we'll read out every person who guessed it right in our next episode of Radio KAL. You can find the entry form at the Superman homepage right now. Yeah. Superman Songtime. Let me guess, you got that one from
1: YouTube where the guy's singing along with John Williams.
0: (laughs) No, well, uh, we've actually got a fan uh, song. It's by a guy called John Hunter Phillips, and his song is If We Ever Need a Superman, and here it is by John Hunter Phillips.
2: down to zero, there's a lesson we all learn. If we ever need a Superman, then we need one now. To judge the wisdom of a Superman, there is no simple test. The strength to hold Out of compassion for the rest Is not a character measured by a bullet or a gun But more of a treasure full of love for everyone If we ever need Keep on to start things up When most would all but quit If we ever need a Superman Man We need one now The very strength of any Superman Is a strength to persevere, And the length of this has been Clear with the will to encourage hope and change the way we feel to leap over slippery slopes like a mighty man of steel if we ever need a superman.
0: Uh, if you like the song, you can find out more about John Hunter Phillips at myspace.com forward slash John Hunter Phillips. So thank you, John, for allowing us to play your If We Ever Need a Superman song. Well, that's the show for another month. Uh, if you have a topic that you'd like Neil and I to discuss for our next show, perhaps you've got a trade paperback that you'd like Neil Bailey t- sorry Michael Bailey to review in his Bailey's Bookshelf segment. Maybe there's a song you'd like us to play, or a big question that you'd like us to pose to the fans. You can send in all those ideas to the Superman homepage, to Neil and I using the Cal feedback form, and we'll endeavour to use those suggestions in future shows. Thank you, Neil. Thank you, Steve, and you stay classy, Rhonda and Jamie. I miss you guys! You've been listening to Radio KAL from supermanhomepage.com.